Welcome to the Funny Because It's True podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGeehan. The show is recorded live every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood in Los Angeles, California. Storytellers are either predetermined or chosen randomly on the night of the show to tell a true story based on different themes, and this podcast is a mixed bag of some of my favorites. The theme of this episode is Unexpected. Three stories of twists, turns, and one tawdry encounter. Lexi Bartolo recounts how her car crash may very well have saved lives. Sam Firestein talks about how his stalker ultimately got the last laugh, and I get caught in a compromising position on an air conditioning unit. But let's not dawdle. First up, Lexi Bartolo. I'm a hipster. Let's just call it like it is. And I'm okay with that fact. I aesthetically ascribe to the school of thought and frankly I sort of like a lot of the cultural elements as well you know you get to wear silly things and take yourself really seriously part of being a hipster when you live in Southern California is a pilgrimage at some point to the Coachella Valley Arts and Music Festival otherwise known as Coachella now for those in the crowd that may not be familiar Coachella is basically three days of Fringe vest wearing, rooster feather in your hair, sporting, pseudo hippies writhing around in a giant field listening to a ton of bands having paid too much money to do so. It's awesome. <laughs> um, I had always been reluctant to go because I actually went to high school in Palm Springs, which is right by where Coachella is. So it always sort of felt like going home and like you lost some of the value because I was staying at my mom's house and not in hotel rooms like eight other 22-year-olds. So finally, this past year, you know, they announced the lineup, and my favorite band, Pulp, is playing, and there's all these other groups I really want to go see. And my two roommates, my, one of whom is my lovely boyfriend and our very good friend from college, are also super psyched. So we decide that we're going to get over our shit, and we're going to buy tickets, we're going to save up all of our money because they're like $350, we're going to go to Coachella. We're just going to fucking do it. <sighs> we think we get everything in order. We know how to do it. We're going to go late at night because we know, being savvy, that the roads get crazy. They get really scary. There's a lot of shit that happens. So we're going to go late, late at night, actually after one of my conservatory classes here at Second City. And during the sort of wrap-up in a class, my, my very good friend Amanda comes up to me and it's like, so when are you guys, when are you heading out? Like, she was really jazzed and really excited because she knew that since both of my roommates are grad students, they're stressed, like, 90% of the time. Like, living with graduate students is like living with really literate tornadoes. You don't see them coming, and they plop down, just leave chaos and mess, and they're gone until you see them again. So she knew I was really excited about it, and I tell her that we're leaving right after class. And she gets this look on her face, like, she wants to say this is a bad idea, but sort of reins it back in. Because every time she says anything counter to what I want to do, I basically just shoo her away with, I went on a Fulbright, Amanda. I can handle it. I, which one of us got shot at monitoring an election? That's me. I know what I'm doing. Cut to the road trip itself. We're on the 10. Everything's great. There's no traffic. It's crystal clear outside. The weather's perfect. We have two iPods full of podcasts we hadn't listened to. We finally get past the sort of weird hill full of uh, windmills right before you hit the Coachella Valley. 
And I'll never forget, we turn on the Nerdist podcast, we're listening to Neil Patrick Harris talk about being on Broadway. And as I go to exit the 10, no more than two blocks from my mom's house in, in Cathedral City, I'm looking ahead and I see the weirdest looking taillights on a car I've ever seen. And I remember thinking, oh, I thought Assassins was a great play too, Neil. Those are really, those aren't taillights, those are headlights. Why, oh my God. And all at once, everything stops. Time stops. The sound in the world stopped. <laughs> as this car coming towards us, as we're getting off the one way from the 10 freeway, smacks into us head on. Now, I don't know if anyone here has ever been in a car accident like that, but you get really disoriented. And for me, my brain went immediately to like CSI town because you finally snap together and there's smoke everywhere and you're like, the car is going to light on fire. I have, to, I have to get out of the car. It's going to light on fire. It's probably not going to light on fire. It's probably just your airbags, which is what it was. So the cars, both of our cars are stopped facing one another. We pull open the doors. Boyfriend's in the passenger seat. Roommate's behind me. She's screaming and freaking out. Boyfriend, fine. <laughs> not a scratch on it. We even brought our dog who he was holding in his hand. Fine. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, I can't get my foot out of the, off the brake, and I like yank my leg out. Not the best idea. And two cars of very caring hipsters, our fellow brethren, had stopped behind us to block traffic. So these, these like a clown car full of girls wearing stuff from Urban Outfitters just start getting out and help us. It, they, they were so caring that one of them grabbed the dog, someone else turned the hazards on our car, I'm sitting on the side of the road, on the free, on, just on the off-ramp, like throwing up because I had all of this powder from the airbags in my lungs, I had burns all over myself, seatbelt gash, it was gory. And these guys were troopers, super helpful. One of them, as clear as day, I'll never forget, grabs the dog, who's like running around and freaking out, but fine, and turns to me and says, what kind of dog is this? <laughs> With all of this going on, still had the clarity of mind to do that. So finally, we, see, we can sort of now see the other car, and we notice that there's a lot of sweating happening on the other people in the other car. There's a lot of dilated pupils that you can see from a distance. And this is the part of the story where I'm going to use the term allegedly a lot, because I may or may not have to go testify to this fact. Allegedly, we were hit by a gentleman who was allegedly fleeing the scene of a murder oh. with two people allegedly he had kidnapped in a vehicle that he had allegedly stolen and had allegedly potentially been doing math all night. <laughs> and we get this because all of the emergency personnel are sort of walking by us. So we hear da -da -da, gun in the car. <laughs> and then we hear da -da -da -da, parole <laughs> drug woo 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 and all of it is then confirmed when the murder police uh, <laughs> go to visit my roommate who had to be taken to the hospital and confirm that yes this is what they think happened so the moral of this story is when your friends say are you sure this is a good idea and you brush them off in a, in a sort of hubris-filled fashion, maybe stop for a minute 
there's a sixth sense that sometimes kicks in about the plans that you have for life. Thanks. Next up, Sam Firestein. Her name was We were on our third date, and she was sitting across from me, and everything in my body was screaming, get out now. And uh, just it was overwhelming sense of urgency that I had to go. And, and, I, and I heeded it, and I told her, I said, uh, you know what, chemistry-wise, I just don't think this is working for me. I really just don't think that we should date anymore. And she was like, yeah, you know what, that's cool. I totally get it. I understand. And it was great because she was really cool with it for about 45 minutes. And then she called me and she said, you can't throw me away like this. We had a connection. I don't accept it. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, I had no idea what she meant by I don't accept it. But I found out the next night (laughs) when she showed up where I was. And the night after that, and the night after that, and uh, she was thorough. She befriended my friends, went everywhere I went. If I'm at a party, she's at the party. If I'm at dinner, she's at the restaurant. If I'm at a movie, she's there. I mean, it was terrible. And I tried to kind of ignore it, like, nah, this isn't weird that she's here everywhere. Uh, but then one night at a party, uh, I got grabbed, and con- like this guy threw me up against a wall, and I kind of knew him, and he was screaming at me because I guess I had tried to sleep with his girlfriend. And then, uh, yeah, what, really? Because, no, I hadn't hit on her. And then uh, another girl I, that I did ask out told me, oh, no, 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 you're that guy who hates women and cheats on his girlfriends. I'm like, whoa, uh-oh. And, uh, and I started hearing lots of lies and rumors and stories, and they all traced back to her. So I confronted her. And uh, you can't reason with insanity. <laughs> She just denied everything, and, and we got into this big screaming fight, and then it just got worse. I went to another party one night a couple weeks later, and I met a girl that I really liked, and I got her number. And then I called her a couple days later, and she goes, guess who I just had lunch with? What did you do to that girl? I'm like, dear God. Because at the same party where I met this girl, uh, what did I tell you her name was? <laughs> Shit, that's her real name. Okay. <laughs> I saw she made sure I watched her make out with another guy who she took home that night and had sex with. She had grudge sex with this guy to get back at me, someone who hadn't slept with her. (laughs) I barely kissed her. Oh, but does she stalk him? No, she comes to my place at 3 o'clock in the morning, pounding on the door, screaming at me, like through the door, saying, if you don't let me in, I'm going to start screaming rape. Which is, yeah, it's terrifying. Like, and th- it's at this point, it's right around this time that I learned some really important information about her uh, process. Which is that right before I met her, she had been arrested for attacking her ex-fiancé with a knife. She was arrested, there were restraining orders, and because she had nowhere else to channel her uh, anger, and this was a girl who really didn't like being broken up with, uh, she just came after me and I got the full brunt of it and it was awful and she didn't stop and it went on for months because there was nothing that I could do to get her to stop and finally it came to the point where I couldn't leave the house I couldn't go to parties I couldn't do anything except um, well, nine months into this I'm having dinner at my parents' house because it's the last place left that I can go 
and their attorney was there having dinner that night. And we were talking. He's like, so why, why aren't you dating? What's going on with you? And, and, I, and I wound up telling him what happened, and he just glared at me. And he said, get the phone. I'm like, what are you talking? He just says, get the phone. So give him the phone. He says, dial her number. Call him up. Call her up. And she answers. He goes, is this he goes, She goes, yes. <laughs> he goes, I am an attorney representing Sam Firestein. Now, holding in my hand is a restraining order that I am going, in his hand was a fork. (laughs) I am going to file this first thing tomorrow morning unless you stop harassing my client. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, don't you dare try me. And he starts screaming at her that he used to be with the DA's office, that he pulled her record, that he was going to guarantee her at least 90 days in jail. And the joke was the fact he was a real estate attorney. Like, I mean, but he just, he was just a, like a pit bull on the phone and he just ripped her limb from insane limb. And at the end of it, he goes, do you understand me? And on the under, other end of the speakerphone was this very faint kind of just, uh, yes. And he hung up on her and that was it. It worked. It was over. Her reign of terror was over. Her crazy wasn't over. She uh, moved to Minnesota to become a famous actress, gained gained 100 pounds, moved back to Los Angeles, became a butch lesbian, moved away again, lost the weight, moved back, uh, got some plastic surgery, and, uh, and then she went rogue. She went totally silent for several years. Until one day, here's me, circa eight years ago, standing in the heart of the Sunset Strip with my jaw on the ground, staring at a giant billboard. Her face is on it. It says, is looking for a few good dates. AOL online personals. AOL had launched like a dating website, and she was the face of it. My stalker now has her dating, literally, Osama bin Glenn Close, has her dating (laughs) sponsored by a billion-dollar corporation. And I'm just looking up at it, and I'm like going, oh, my God. And, And I wanted to call somebody and do something, but there's not, like, what can you do? There's nothing anybody could do because she had won. And finally, me, Kevin McGeehan. You know those times when you do the absolute perfect thing that you could do in this particular situation? I didn't. So uh, what had happened was this. My first real girlfriend, the one that uh, really was the first in many different categories. Uh, This is now... uh, This is well over uh, 20 years ago that this happened. So uh, there are many things I remember about her, but there's one memory that stands out more than any other. And that is, like I said, uh, she was my first. I was her fifth. (laughs) Yeah, that damaged me at the time. And boy, did I let that affect our relationship. Um, So uh, she was a um, very carnal in a lot of her ways and a lot of her thinking. And very frisky because she uh, had me around uh, any finger she could have chosen, uh, and I would do her bidding. And one night at a party, 
she got a little frisky, let's say. And she said, Kevin, I'm really drunk right now. Let's go do it. I said, no, we're at a party. I can't do that. <laughs> she said, come, come on, Kevin, let's go do it. And I said, I, I, I really, uh, let's go do it. Okay, fine. Let's go do it. But there was no other place to go do it. So in her drunken state, she said, let's go outside. And I said, okay. And we went outside, and this is Florida. And outside of every building in Florida, there are those air conditioning ducts, those ones that are freestanding, and they have the fan up top. One of those. So she brings me over to it, drunkenly seductive. It's okay. It doesn't end in violence. The, <laughs> she brings me over to it. She lies down on top of it, brings me towards her. Pants are undone down to ankles. And then coitus begins. <laughs> Now, because she was so drunk, she was much drunker than I imagined her being. And within 25 seconds, passed out, done, just lying on this. So here's the image. A woman lying on an air conditioning duct, passed out drunk, with a man in her with legs on his shoulders. It was an awkward situation to say the least. What made it even more awkward was when the woman came home from work with her groceries to the apartment next door. And she walked by, saw the image I just described, and I didn't know what to do. So in those times when you could do the perfect thing in the situation, I didn't. I looked at her... And I waved. <laughs> That's it. That's our show. Special thanks to our storytellers, Lexi Notabartolo and Sam Firestein. Also thanks to Josh Callahan, Mark Warzeka, The Second City Hollywood, and the Comedy Podcast Network for producing the show. You can like Funny Because It's True on Facebook to find out upcoming show dates and themes. All the past episodes are available for free download on the Comedy Podcast Network and iTunes. While on iTunes, feel free to leave a rating and a comment about the show. The more comments help the show grow to a broader audience on iTunes, plus it appeases my staunch desire for approval and acceptance. If you would like to see the live show, Funny Because It's True is every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood, located on historic and depraved Hollywood Boulevard. So come out, put your name in contention, and maybe you'll get chosen to tell a true story on stage, and from there, get chosen to be on the podcast. My name is Kevin McGeehan. Thanks for listening. receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.